0: All right, and I guess we'll do a clap sync. Sure, yeah. Three, two, one. I'm it's
1: sorry. so weird. There's it is weird. There's only
0: one other clap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry. This is a totally different vibe from the normal podcast that we normally are on, where we have more people and more tech, and even like Craig, and nobody even understands that, and this doesn't make any sense. We should probably all cut all of this. But, yes. Wow. This is something a little different. Yeah?
0: It certainly is. Welcome, everybody, to... What we are calling V, (laughs) or I guess because we'll have a question mark, we'll just be like, "Welcome to V."
1: (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to say you don't want to call it V question mark?
0: We should call it V question mark probably, just so we don't sound like we're perpetually confused on this podcast. Dude, like, can you imagine just like
1: the sentences you'd have to say? Like, you're like, "Oh fuck, I'm so tired, and I have to record V." It's like, so <laughs> stupid. What the fuck is that?
0: <laughs> well, perfect. Yeah. So we are V question mark, which is uh, a little, a little podcast, a Valorant fan podcast, you might say. Mm. Uh, where myself, Zoe, and my friend McCoy over there, hi, uh, sit down, and we're gonna kind of just chat about all things Valorant. I think it's gonna pr- particularly be on the competitive side.
1: But who knows? We might
0: we might have some conversations about gameplay and agents and you know five stacking and whatnot sprinkled here and there throughout the uh, throughout the episodes. Who knows? Might, you know there might just be a really bad week of competitive hour right? where we're just like, <laughs> "Fuck, let's talk about the Aries for two hours."
1: I know, and God, <laughs> if we had recorded a bunch of weeks ago, we might have been talking about the Aries for a couple hours, dude. the 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 conundrum that we're in now is like, okay, we're trying to set out to like essentially tell you the listener what this podcast isn't gonna be and a totally reasonable pursuit but the problem is that we also you know don't really want to draw like really hard lines because what if if we want to talk about game balance that sounds fun um,
0: I mean, the, the one restriction is that this is only about Valorant. Yeah. Okay. We, we like can it. definitively say that it is going to be about Valorant. And then we're going to say competitive Valorant. And then we're going to go to gameplay Valorant. Like if we want to have like a hierarchy, I
1: guess. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. We
0: list it like that.
1: Like a tier list.
0: Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Top tier <laughs> list.
1: Valorant Esports. S tier. Right?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Mm-hmm. And then A tier, uh, personal Valorant Astra, gameplay experience. tier. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, yeah, yeah. Valorant Esports. And then right next to it is just Astra. Because, <laughs> God, she's strong, right? Is that like.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's and
0: then uh, the lore, we're going to put the lore down in, like, Pretty I don't enough. know. Is there an F tier? There is. F tier mm-hmm. for the lore. We're not going to be talking about Valorant Cinematics, although. If they come out with another music video, like Die For You, we'll probably Ooh. dedicate an entire episode to that.
1: <laughs> Die For You is actually really good. And in fact, I, you know, it's it's a tough world out there because, you know, you really got to hold on to the friends that you do have. But I've started to lose some over that song, I swear. Because when James fucking said <laughs> that he didn't like that song, I was like, dude, just walk, bro. Like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, how could you not dude. like this song?
0: Didn't Alex also say that he was like, you know? Was it Alex, bro?
1: It was either Alex or Raphael, bro. One of those two. Was it it, Alex? I think
0: it was Raphael. I actually, I think it was Raphael. We're just saying all these random names to people (laughs) who've never heard about these people. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like the point is, one friend definitely said, "eh." I didn't really like the song, and I swear McCoy was about to, like, leave the call, unfriend, like, block all communication.
1: So, you know what I actually did? I actually, this is actually hilarious. Like, what I actually did is send that guy, James, a pair of some of my nicer headphones from the past that I have that I don't use anymore. And I was like, listen, do it on this, motherfucker, and then... (laughs) <laughs> and then tell me you hate it but i haven't told him that yet so that's the, the long game that i'm playing i'm waiting for them to get there i mailed them today actually um, so should be oh, nice yeah so there you go james if
0: you're listening to this you got headphones on your way
1: <laughs> i know yeah he knows the headphones on that way but he doesn't know that i'm gonna force him to listen to that song in those headphones before i can hear his opinion again but it's just Perfect. it's just like dude like I, okay I get, it, I get it when i first heard the fucking song i was like okay it's a little like modern maybe a bit maybe a bit techno generic and i was like i don't really know but then i was like but i like it though and then i watched the video the video is actually dope despite the fact that faces look really strange to me even now um (laughs) 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 but like that aside right i'm like sitting there like yeah this is like it's really good i'm actually liking this and every time i've listened to it since i just feel like it gets it gets better it's and, and in fact dude okay if you're playing the game at the time like the finisher for the champion skins that has that song in it the finisher they they clipped the perfect epic fucking soundbite for that finisher and so I remember like getting shot by someone turned to fucking mud sludge and shit and like you know you just get like because you're like holding up the world or whatever as the character or whatever that like giant fucking Dragon Ball Z explosion is and it's just the music is so epic it's so epic and it's so perfect that I like listened to that and I was like okay I need to like listen to the song again and like rethink about it and even then I was like oh god it's even better than I thought it was fuck it's so good (laughs) So, yeah. It's definitely a
0: slow burn for sure like I, I think it just takes a while because I do admit as well like when I first listened to it I was like eh. like I was waiting for like an epic drop and then it I didn't like the drop at first I was like oh that was a little anticlimactic but now when I listen to the oh. song and that drop happens I'm like just in i was like in the kitchen the other day like chopping up some vegetables for a soup and i'm just like chopping to the beat and then suddenly the beat drops and i'm like charging about the house like yeah
1: (laughs) hopefully you put the knife down
0: (laughs) of course of course
1: (laughs) yeah man i thought you were gonna just be like yeah then i started chopping faster and faster and i ended up in the hospital but yeah like these are the sorts of things that could happen um but yeah dude Uh. it's a great song and so yeah like look we're just fucking fans um, we should talk, yeah, should we talk a little bit maybe like about ourselves or about our, cause like, cause, cause like, yeah, cause sure. it's true before we get to that, you're right. We are probably going to have, not just probably, we are going to have, I think the core of this be that Valorant Esports is starting up right about now, or very, very soon, at least when we're recording this. And so like, that's probably going to be a lot of it talking about Esports games, teams, players, that sort of stuff. And I think that's kind of what brings us together on this for this podcast, but of course, like just as friends who play the game sometimes, you know what I mean? Have opinions, things you're going to have and you want to talk about shit. Um, yeah yeah
0: because unfortunately on our other video game podcast we cannot just bring up valorant every single week as the game to play so this is the,
1: this is the <laughs> I tried. solution
0: that we found
1: <laughs> i tried what do, you, what do you fucking want from me i did my but goddamn yeah. best yeah <laughs>
0: You'll, uh, you'll definitely, like we have a certain philosophy that we approach when watching competitive and like the teams to watch and the players to watch. And I'm sure that philosophy will like come to light even as we discuss, you know, the teams and the players today, mm, perhaps, sure. you know, yeah. this, the point of this episode, because competitive play has not started as of recording this, mm. um, the point of this is to maybe look at a preview of what's to come um maybe talk about our hopes and dreams for what we'd like this to be this is essentially like the pilot episode of v question mark
1: yeah none of us have contracts yet like we're definitely not getting paid we're nervous to see if we're the final cast but we'll see (laughs) exactly yeah
0: but yes who are we so yes as i said i'm zoe Mm -hmm. um i don't play valorant competitively but i do watch a lot of competitive valorant And that's really how I approach a lot of uh, competitive esports. You know, I watched League of Legends for a long time, Mm. um, maybe say for the past like two years or so, because at that point, Valorant had started, you know, creating a scene of its own.
1: Yeah, and, and League was uh, kind of choking, I'm not gonna lie. Like, at, like, at least for the old school fans, it's still really powerful as an eSport. But like, when you say you were watching League for a long time, we're talking a long time, many, many, yeah, many years.
0: Since 2013, probably. So I would say like 2013 to 2019, I was watching League for a long time. Right. Um for a while there, like, McCoy tried to convince me to watch Counter-Strike for a little <laughs> bit. And I watched it for, like, a couple games. And uh, then, you
1: know, <laughs> yo, just in my I'm defense, stopped. it was it's so funny because, like, what I was trying to get you into, seriously, at that time, was what the same feeling I feel for Valorant now. Like, really, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was just back then in a different shell. And it was not as say, a more palatable shell. Or you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a very not palatable shell. It's like, oh yeah, so like, wait, so the terrorists are b- blowing up the and then like, okay, you shoot people and then they die and oh, is this is this a Middle Eastern country? Like what is where's is this? Set? It's just yeah, there's a lot of like stuff that, you know, even at that time or maybe even especially at that time was not particularly palatable. Um but the gameplay, the game design mm-hmm. uh in it is heavily featured in Valorant and it's really great in Valorant. So that's what I was, like, And trying. believe me,
0: yeah. a lot of the times McCoy's going to go on tangents about Counter-Strike <laughs> to which you're just going to hear me go,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm just going to... That's all it's going to be. But, you know, we'll allow him to go on those tangents because, actually, I'll, I think it provides a lot of insight for a lot of, like, competitive Valorant mm-hmm. and whatnot.
1: I think it is, in, um, in, in essence, the history of Valorant does start in Counter-Strike and maybe a bit before then. And so it's just... I think it's worth it to have our history. Not that I'm, like, some great historian, but it's just, you know it's worth it um
0: yeah I mean talk about yourself
1: like you mm. are
0: I guess like probably as good as it gets when it comes to like watching competitive first-person shooter games no
1: well okay I don't know if I'm as good as it gets because goddamn esports is competitive and motherfuckers out there get paid too and like (laughs) and that's another (laughs) thing hey we don't get paid so like we just watch the shit we want to watch we'll get to that in a second but yeah like for me you know I definitely, okay, so way, 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 way back in the day, I started with playing, like, Halo 3 or, like, the original StarCraft. Like, I played these games and played them as best I could. But, of course, like, that was, like, way before, like, the scenes had really, like, become what they were going to become. Um, and that's most more so saying about, like, StarCraft. Because Halo 3, like, there was a scene. But, like, esports was, like, I had a friend who who was esports like MLG good, but like, not me. Like that wasn't MLG good, this guy's insane, but anyways. So, but that like piqued my interest in like competitive games. And then I started to see like with Starcraft 2 coming out, which was like a modern Starcraft that I could actually play. There was an esports like kind of like baked right into the game itself in essence. Not that it was literally in the code of the game, but the esports community was ready to take it because they had already been ready from Starcraft. So they were already developed and they were like Starcraft 2, let's go. And so, That sort of was, like, my first esport that I really seriously watched. And it was just insane. I mean, the the people there, like, both players and, like, talent, as you'd call them or whatever, like, the podcast hosts or whatever else, casters, just incredible. Like, just amazing. And I think after that, I kind of just, like, fell in love with esports maybe forever. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if it can change (laughs) enough business-wise to, like, totally get me out. But, like, it's just... Beautiful. It's just people who love the game trying to talk about it, trying to teach each other, trying to enjoy the hype moments and just trying to celebrate it. And so once that happened, then like when League came around, you know, people were obviously really negative about League League is just so such a baby's game compared to StarCraft. That's what they would say. And, you know, in some ways, I can see what they're saying. However, what League was, was, by the way, pretty deep, all things considered. I know people, like, really get mad about that, especially Dota fans. But, like, whatever. Like, it, I think it's really <laughs> deep, especially if you watch the pro scene. Like, motherfuckers, like, are not stupid trying to figure that game out. But it's also just insanely fun and really responsive as a game. Like, it's just a fun game to fucking play. And with that, it took the world by storm when that esports started. So...
0: And yeah. that's how we really kind of like met almost. Like we we kind yeah. of like met and hung out like prior to that in college. But I think like where we really bonded was yeah. through video games, specifically League at the time. Yeah. Um as league well as like yeah. watching competitive oh, right. League. Yep. You know, watching SKT, you mm-hmm. know, the first time that they won the world championship, like
1: Moscow 5, bro. Come on.
0: Yep, Moscow 5. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a lot of good memories with that.
1: And so that's like the important part is like, okay, so then at some point in time, and I think this was far before Zoe stopped watching League, I stopped watching League in favor of watching Counter-Strike because, and playing Counter-Strike for that matter, because, you know... (laughs) Listen, I mean, as everyone can understand out there, like, the solo queue experience in League is pretty rough. <laughs> like, have <you> seen Tyler1? <laughs> <One? laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing about Tyler1 uh, is that motherfuckers are uh, come up to me and be like, I just don't know why people like this game, this guy. And I'm like, well, like is a strange term, but what I will tell you is that he is the perfect example of what League solo queue is. Like, he... You know that nostalgia thing, like when you want. You're like, oh, I just wish I could taste the food. You know the way my mom used to like make it back in the you know day when we were on vacation and wherever. Right? That is what happens when you go to Tyler One Stream and you've ever played competitive solo queue in League Legends. <laughs> Trust me. Oh,
0: it's hilarious because like even now, like I'll watch people who are like, hmm, I haven't played League in like a couple years, but like you know what? I've given it some time. I watched Arcane. I'm like really excited to get back into it. And then they literally play one game of solo queue and they're like oh no this is just as bad as it was before
1: (laughs) exactly oh it it is though (laughs) and it's maybe worse yeah yeah (laughs) and dude the other thing is i was watching a league fucking uh stream the other day and i was just sitting there thinking uh like dude, nobody can talk to each other in this game. I had like forgotten that. Nobody can voice com, And so it was just all these motherfuckers just rage at each other. And like one guy, yeah. one guy, like he like, they're like taking a team fight and it's going really poorly. And then one guy like goes back in to try to get a kill and dies. And instantly everyone in the game just starts spamming question mark things on his body. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's so mean, holy fuck. But it was hilarious. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, God, it was so, it's like, oh yeah. Okay, League. Yep, got it got it (laughs) so yeah so okay so we watched a lot of that and then i split off to counter strike because basically at that time i don't know exactly the years but it was many 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 years ago um like counter strike was just on fire and it was it was hitting heights esports wise i'd never seen anything ever hit like the tournaments were insane the hype was just like epic but also like there was dynasties and there was like teams and there was rivals and there was players like like i remember back in the day like kenny s like being this opera that was just so far and away the best opera like in the whole world like he was just putting people down like famously if people know from the uh valorant like scene sean gears's team fighting kenny s <laughs> they had to buy two ops and peek him at the same time from the same angle because they thought he can kill one of us guaranteed and will kill a bunch of us, guaranteed, but he can't kill the second one because the op only shoots once. And that was literally their strategy was that guy invested $5,000, maybe 4500 or whatever, into this op right now. We're going to double that and throw a life <laughs> yeah. away, and that's going to be the way we're going to trade with him because that's the yeah, only we're gonna way. We're going to double that to break even. <laughs> I to break even, <laughs> Potentially. literally. Potentially. Yes. <laughs> and so that was just like, so not only do they have amazing teams, they had like amazing runs, they also had so many things that like League didn't really have at the time. And this is all relevant for Valorant too, because Valorant's kind of entering into its League era in a way. Now it's not exactly so, but it's closer. And I think a lot of people that have watched League are looking at Valorant and wondering how much of League will come over because League is an incredibly successful eSport. Um, and so you might just see a lot of those systems and formats uh, come on over, uh, whether they fit or not. And I think that's kind of something that everyone in this scene is like waiting to see. Um but yeah, I like I don't
0: want them to bring over best of ones. Come on, it needs to be best of threes all the time. I know, Jesus I know, I, I know.
1: Well, so do you? We were watching League back in the day when it was best of ones, and I'm sure they've done yeah, that even it modern. Still is. But like, no, I know. But like, they've at least started to do like best of threes and best of fives when it fucking matters. I remember back when they wouldn't even do that. Like, true, <laughs> very true. And you're like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, like. So, okay, so Counter-Strike though, just had so many amazing things. And so I started playing that and I used to think, and this is so silly to say, but I used to think that first-person shooters were uh, not smart. Let's put it that way. And the way I would think about it, because, okay, if you understand, we're all players with unique strengths, right? And if you're listening to a podcast host, I can guarantee you that their skills are not clicking on people's heads as the best in the world. I guarantee you they're not. (laughs) That is a real... Uh, sort of miracle situation. If those two things align, it does sometimes. Um, but like a lot of times it doesn't. And, and that's always why people should be way nicer to casters. It's like just because they are not literally the best player in the world does not mean they know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, so the thing is, I used to think that shooters were not smart and the reason why I say this because I always thought one of my strengths was not clicking it was rather like outsmarting my opponents especially coming from Starcraft which is a strategy game I thought strategy has to be my way to win and actually Starcraft is a strategy game but like it's it's so fast-paced that like strategy yes it does play a role but it's it's so much more predefined um but anyways I started playing Counter-Strike and it's really hard to hit everybody and like Jesus Christ what the fuck was happening um but I just kept being like, Jesus Christ, like th- this system, this format, this uh, way that like you have a life in a round and when you die, you like watch other people play. And if like they all die, they're watching you. And if you're like facing two people, but you win, like the eruption of excitement on your team, where everyone's like, oh fuck, that was so sick. Like that shit. The <laughs> second I clutched, even just a, I think it was just a 1v1 where I had giant advantage. Like the guy's super lit. And he And comes around the corner and i totally whiff him but like one bullet like hits him and the team starts screaming i was like i'm never putting this down bro like this is the best <laughs> shit ever um and so yeah like this esports scene was insane i probably watched that for many 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 years and i actually even recently i've watched a bit of counter-strike as well now because it's just it turns out it's a mature enough esport and like an established enough esport at least right now that even when it's bad it's good because like there's always someone trying to make a cool team or doing something interesting and uh there's a lot of history in there like there's a lot of players that have been going for a long time and it's so weird to see that because you would never think that counter-strike and probably valorant 2 although we'll see um would be a game that people have a longer lifespan in than league like you look at league Mm -hmm. and you're like okay can't you put like a 40 year old on support like does he really need to have insane react i mean it'd be nice but like can't he be shot calling or something and like the people that are actually shot calling that are 40 are like playing Counter-Strike. It makes no sense, but it's just the way the, the eSports are. So that feeds all into Valorant, right? Like a lot of Counter-Strike people that were retired or potentially like not getting where they wanted to in the scene came over to Valorant for new horizons, for a new opportunity. It's just like a gold rush, really. Mm-hmm. If you think about our story, uh, our our country's history um, and specifically like, yeah. you know, like California, they were talking about the gold rush. It's just, that's what it was. That's what Valorant was. And that's for talented players alike. And so- I think it was a natural thing for me to come and watch this game because I get to see some of the faces that that I love. And, and that's why it's hope I can hopefully bring some of that, like, oh, yeah, I remember them back from those days. Because uh, these people didn't just materialize in Valorant, you know. They came from places, and that's yeah. pretty cool.
0: You'll be, like, providing, I guess, like, historical context with certain, you know, certain players that might pop up here and there. And especially since I think a lot of the stories are inspiring because it's just like, oh, this person did play Counter-Strike. But... They weren't able to really like find their groove or find their niche, and then like I don't know. Then they come over to Valorant, and holy crap, they're like one of the stars or something like that. Yeah. Like those are always inspirational stories, and it's always great to have that sort of um, yeah, just that that sort of I guess a uh, miracle story. What do, what do I want to say there? I don't like know. I don't maybe know. yeah, but also just story flavor text. Yeah, yeah, perspective.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so I'll try to shut up about it for the most part. But, you know, it's relevant, right? There's some mystery out there, and and it's cool. And, you know, because, like, dude, we're talking about players now. Like, we're I mean, we'll talk about them maybe a little bit later if we get to it, if we have time. But things like, you know, what, like, Scream from Team Liquid, like, Hiko. Like, these are players that have a long storied history in Counter-Strike, and they get to kind of bring that story a bit to Valorant. And the casters are doing their best to bring that story over and try to not Mm -hmm. have, like, a hard separation between the games, at least historically. Um But, you know, you wonder about that because, like, you know, sometimes esports are are nervous to mention other esports. You know, they don't want to, like, have competitors, especially ones that might be competitors. You know what I mean? So it's just an interesting thing. Especially
0: Riot. Riot's like, don't mention Counter-Strike. Right. (laughs) It's probably in the contract.
1: Right. (laughs) If you call this a deagle one more time. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Absolutely. But
0: I I think this opens the floor though to like maybe setting the stage for this competitive Valorant though, the season, because this is coming off the back of Valorant's first competitive season. This is kind of like season 2 in a way. Yeah. That's coming up or I guess circuit 2.
1: Sure. Um Season sounds fine to me.
0: And yeah, so this is coming off of I would say a relatively successful first season for Valor- for competitive Valorant. Yeah. Um They were able to pull out some storylines. Regions were able to establish themselves. Teams were able to maybe start laying the foundations. Like, there's by no means a dynasty out there yet, especially (laughs) not a dynasty in terms
1: of, like, Counter-Strike. Dude, people Um, use terms like a dynasty in this game, and I'm just like, what is wrong with you? like,
0: (laughs) exactly. Just,
1: like, out of a sample size of one. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) They won a tournament. Like sick, like, like you know what I mean. Like, we're talking teams that used to win like five tournaments in a row. Can you even right. fathom that right now? <laughs> like, that would be. We haven't even had five tournaments. Like, it's not even set yet. So yeah, absolutely. Um, but that being said, exactly. I do agree with you though. Like, just to to shoot it back to you, like, the it. I think it had a great first year. I think it had like an mm-hmm. awesome first year. And and a lot of people, especially people I follow in the esports scene, were very negative to Valorant at, at first because I, well, I think it challenges CSGO and I think that's something that's really hard because I follow a lot of CSGO people of course and so like when you're being challenged like that and CSGO does have problems itself and is struggling where it is like it's it's hard to take that into your soul that there's something that's competing and that other people like it especially when you look at it and you want to compare it so much and you have opinions about what's better or worse and stuff like that um but Valorant's first year was really good. And I think it kind of got this like darling eSport perspective. Whereas I feel like, at least from my my take, like Overwatch didn't really have that. So people were like, Overwatch is competing with Counter-Strike and like, it's going to fail. And they were like really negative about it. And it did kind of fail in some ways. I mean, it had quite some successes in others, but like, you know, people were like, yeah, like nothing can compete with Counter-Strike because look at Overwatch. And they said the same thing about Valorant for a while. And then like the first couple <laughs> tournaments come out and people are like, actually, you know what? This was fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. And it is. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's, that's worth it. I think people are realizing, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's real shit here. There's real storylines. There's real play. There's real clutches. It's hype, it's fun. Like we get to enjoy it.
0: And there's certainly like a lot of, it, it's kind of coming into its own in terms of the personalities that are rising from it and whatnot as yeah. well, that are kind of helping it to, to boost it to that level. Um, but yeah so this year we'll be following two regions so unfortunately because we're not paid for this and this (laughs) is not our full-time job we're only gonna try and follow two regions in this which would be EU or EMEA excuse me EMEA and NA Mm -hmm. Um, and I think those are just kind of the two regions we want to only because um, EMEA has some very notable teams that i just genuinely enjoy watching and i'm sure mccoy you can echo that sentiment as well like it is some very nice valorant that they play And then NA, because, I mean, that's our home turf. I mean, who are we kidding? And they won a tournament at
1: all, which if you've been watching esports for as long (laughs) as fucking we have, that does not come around often. Motherfuckers pop champagne because NA won something and they have teams that are relevant. (laughs) You have no idea. It's brutal out there. Like they had nothing in Starcraft. They had nothing in League and they had nothing in Counter-Strike except for a little small era, which was like honestly really cool and I'm really proud of them for, but like nothing for the most part. Um, like, yeah, like it, it's just, and he's like, it's in, in some ways from the business side, we like started so much and have so much like power and weight and like so many sponsors and like, you know, just so much great, like stuff here, but teams and players, it's a fucking drought, dude. Successes. Oh God. I mean, we have personality, sure, but like, it's just the same story over and over. I mean, you remember League, bro? It's just like, can they get out yeah. of grips this time? Oh shit, they got out of grips and immediately eliminated. Oh wow, like, like,
0: yeah, it is. It is a pain point even to this day of yeah. NA trying to create an identity for itself. So yeah, it's ex- extremely exciting when an NA can, team can do anything.
1: <laughs> and they have, we have a bunch that seem pretty cool. Like we're looking at them right now. So like, fair play. Mm-hmm. And obviously that'll be a talking point of this year because I think a lot of people, if you're paying attention to what like the casters and what like the analysts think, they all have this air over it that like, surely NA can't last, right? And and that's what people were saying, like in the beginning when NA was starting to win and the second NA started to lose, all of a sudden the Reddit just like explodes with like, this team doesn't practice or like, this one's a streamer team, like all this (laughs) shit. And these are people I think that, I mean, first of all, some of that might be true, and there's grains of truth in that, and we can talk about that. But but I think everyone is just expecting, expecting. They're not certain, but they're expecting that NA can't surely be competitive in the long run, right? I don't know. Let's find out. That's part of this podcast, I think. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Well, and so that kind of plays into like, I guess, let's let's go with the NA region preview, I guess, of what we've got going on. Because I think what we're going to try and do here in this introductory podcast is maybe just shout out some teams, maybe notable players, Uh, maybe just like take a glance at them and see how we think uh you know where they're coming from how they've done so far um and what's next for them but then also i think we should also like just bring up some like expectations and like hopes and dreams going in for just the region in general sure starting point for na in particular i'm staring at the 12 teams right now that we've got going on and i will say more than half i have zero clue yeah about um a lot of these were uh qualified through the open qualifiers that have happened these past uh two weeks or so and i have to be honest it's very weird that i a either have not heard much about these teams uh just because they don't come from a Uh, I guess substantial organization Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the orgs that people were expecting to make it out of open qualifiers didn't actually make it Mm -hmm. you know shout outs to you t1 and tsm and you know maybe phase is also in there for some point
1: absolutely
0: like those were the team names that I knew last year Mm -hmm. and none of them are in this year and it's all a bunch of kind of unknowns maybe has a couple notable players here and there and so I was initially like, wow, well, NA is going to be tough to watch because I just don't know anything. But then it had me going into my expectation where I think this is the perfect year for NA to rebrand itself and potentially have dominant teams that can compete nationally. Wow. Because of the unknown
1: status of a lot of
0: these. Okay.
1: (laughs) Sure. I mean, you know, so it's okay. So what's really interesting is that these are a bunch of like semi-unknown teams, but, but think about the difference between say like watching counter-strike and watching league because in league it's like once people were established in the league format not league of Legends, but league format it's like those are the teams like the end and they can like brand and do stuff but counter-strike had an open system and so some of these teams i've seen their names before however they do all have the status that i think you're attributing to them which is like they're in that kind of like tier two space of like Oh, I might have ever heard of that, but like I've never really seen them play. And what's really interesting is you'll find people that like you know that are really like big like say NA fanboys for example, and they only watch NA and they don't like they only watch Worlds uh, competition or World competition just to see their NA teams compete. And you know they they'll say things like, "Oh, you know I've been watching NRG forever," and you're like, "Really? Like, oh, cool." Um, <laughs> that's not us. <laughs> we are not those people. <laughs> we okay. At least for me, like I love na because i'm from here so fair and i do love the fact that the person you know like is from the region i just yes regionality is awesome in its own way um but i also love high level play and so that means i like to watch the highest level tournaments in the in the game uh and i like to watch a lot of them and what that means is you have to learn a lot about a lot of different teams as you do that um because you'll be facing this team you've never heard of from another country or region or whatever and like, that is enough for me. <laughs> like, I, I yeah. my rule is, like, I will learn about a team when it has made the case to be learned about, which means it has gotten in front of a team that I already care about that I care to follow. And so, you know, with a league structure like this, we're going to see a lot of these teams, and we're going to learn about them. But at least for now, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, I know about Rise because, like, Shanks, like, laughs in a clip on Reddit or something. Like, you know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like that really the type of analysis we want like yeah shanks is on that you see that yeah and then someone said yeah, superman exactly. was a good support a uh, uh, controller player but like dude like do i you know what i mean like i don't know shit um
0: well i think that's that's the main story that i feel with a bunch of these teams so like let's just list out all the teams sure. uh first so 12 teams uh we have cloud nine sentinels 100 thieves and envy these four teams were invited mm. uh, either because they have won tournaments in the past or they have made the, grand, uh, the, the championships um, in one way or another. And then the rest of these teams all qualified through an open qualifying system. So we have version one, who we have seen in the past actually before right. in some previous tournaments, uh, Exet, The Guard, NRG Esports, Evil Geniuses, Knights, Luminosity, and Rise. So, and, and like, I think the story that I think I have with a lot of these teams is a lot of these names. Like, it's like, yeah, every team has one name that I can point out because I maybe saw Hiko play with them in a solo. <laughs> I know, match, right? you know? Like, I know, that's how I feel about uh, evil geniuses and your boy Dre. Like, I've <laughs> yep. seen your boy Dre and yep. solo queue so much where I'm just like, I know that guy, yeah. Kind oh, of? I feel the exact same about Jonah mark.
1: P. I'm like, I watch a Jonah P like drop 30 in a solo queue game. So I guess that, I guess he might be great. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> Fair, super fair. And that's okay. We're going to learn over the course of this season, like about these teams. Cause they're definitely going to be playing some of the teams we care about, but I think it's just worth putting in like, yeah, we're here for the cloud nines, the sentinels, the hundred thieves, the envies, maybe version one. And if someone else wants a surprise, that is awesome. This is their time to show great form. This is their time to get some some scalps, as they say, some takedowns some bigger teams. And if you do, you can earn a name for yourself. And so fair play. At that point, I think we can't help but watch you. But until then, yeah. uh, I didn't really, like, tune into every single 128 games of the... (laughs) the open qualifier you
0: mean you didn't meticulously study all of them and i
1: fucking hate people who are like yeah man i watched the qualifier like all of it dude jesus christ like what are you
0: talking about really i was gonna say like i had it on but it was in the background like as i was doing other things maybe and so like i i can't say for certain what any of these teams are like all i can know for sure is like these teams have qualified for a reason. You know they yeah. did have to go through a rather rigorous bracket to get to this point. So props to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to probably prove a lot um, yeah. against kind of these higher echelon teams, um, because those are the teams that we just know the most about. You know, take Cloud Nine for instance. Yeah. Um, Cloud Nine is keeping their uh their roster from last year of Zeta, Mitch, Vanity, and Zeppa and Leaf. Yep. Yep. Um, and Cloud9 looked strong. Yeah, in Champions, I mean they they did make it out of the qualifying stages into the main event of Champions, which no other NA team was unfortunately able to do. Yeah, sad face. Sad face. Um. Yeah. But there were a lot of pivotal moments where Cloud9 established themselves as a team, particularly Leaf. Um, but also we had pop offs from Zeta and Zeppa at some times as well. Yeah, and like um, like
1: Mitch, for example, was just like, he just looks like an assassin, bro. Like he's weird, cause like he put, he often played a lot of characters like Cypher and stuff like that. So Cypher's can be a bit muted in terms of their performance. Like, you know, they're not, they're not like the most muted characters by any means, like they're no controllers, but you know, they're not Jet. <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, they're not necessarily going to pop off, but he was just like sitting there with killed on killjoy with an op. You know what I mean? Just like killing people. And you're just like, mm, okay, buddy. Like, cause if you can get picks, <laughs> you can get picks. I don't care how you do it. If you get a pick with an op and you don't like immediately get traded back, that's a man up scenario. You just won your team. That's respect right there. I don't care what gear you have to bring. Um, and so yeah, like that's that was impressive. And so they've actually started playing him on more duelist characters like Rayna and stuff. So that's interesting. We'll we'll see that. And I'm I'm that's a little sneak preview for what I'm hoping to see out of uh, this week's mm-hmm. games. But yeah, like honestly, Cloud Nine. for Who Are you me, excited to watch? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. Cloud Nine for me, just very simply, is um, they're not personally like my favorite team. Like they're not the darling team to me. Um, but I think they have a a really clear identity of who they are and how they want to play yeah. and i think i have the utmost respect for that i think that is a beautiful quality to have in a team and it makes me want to root for them um mm-hmm. because that's just that's just what honestly i think over i that might be one of the most important things in an esports team is to is to know who they are and have an identity and play to it like
0: exactly yeah i think we're gonna like reiterate this theme a lot even like when it comes to eu teams yeah agreed um in particular But, like, did you – like, when it comes to NA this year, like, which team are you – team or teams, I guess. Like, is there any particular team that you're just, like, I've got my eye on this? Like That I think is, like, for the up? Like, like, okay,
1: in terms of, like – okay, let me rephrase. Is it, like, the team that has the highest chance to change their ranking, like, upward? Or is it just, like – No.
0: That you're – you personally are just, like, I want to watch – I'm going to try and watch every game of this teams because I'm excited to see them for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because like, I feel like I can, I can almost give no team in NA exactly like that high of a status where I want to watch every single game they play. Because I feel like they've all in their own ways have their own struggles and they have their own stuff to earn. Um, And when it comes to a league format, it gets like, it can, there can be a lot of games really fast. But I will say, like, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to the to the world like tournament stuff like that, I'm watching every single game from every one of their – like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Because yeah. like that's. But I will say, okay, so like for example, Cloud9, I thought was really really impressive recently, like way way sleeper. Um, and I'm not a huge van event like fan of vanities, like sort of just style. He's a bit he's a bit too like, yo, you're kind of mean, bro. Um, like for my <laughs> taste, but I will say like they have a really amazing identity and like you know like Zepp playing fucking like ko on breeze and shit and he's just like low-key innovating the meta and people are like wow that seems kind of good like whereas like people in the previous (laughs) tournament were just like shoehorning fucking uh ko into everything and they sucked um but like you know there's so many stories here because like then if you go over to sentinels right it's the next one like sentinels it's like you want to see them win you want to see them win um because of their previous wins and because of i mean the true amazing talent they have on that team um it's interesting, right? Like, but they, they in particular have, I would say, the opposite strength of Cloud9, where it feels like Sentinels has the opposite of an identity. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying?
0: They, they need to reinvent one. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, after their, I would say, like, their disappointing performances in Masters Berlin as well as Champions. Um, You know, it did seem like they looked kind of lost as a team. Or rather, it just definitely looked like other teams had caught up and were able to read them super well and they had no answer to it. Whereas previously, earlier on in the season at Masters Reykjavik, it's like they had everyone else's numbers and no one could catch up. So it's kind of like they are now on the back foot. So it's interesting to see if they continue this downfall of like not knowing what to do and you know refusing to have an identity or maybe trying to shoehorn in a particular meta that does not fit their team style all that well yeah Or if they're going to just kind of come out of the gates, you know, blazing and just totally show us up and prove us wrong.
1: Yeah, and I hope they do. It'll certainly be interesting. Like, we hope they do, right? Like, we have no, like, ill will against them. We actually want them to win. It was really exciting when they were winning, and they were a really fun team to watch. Like, the way they fight together... He's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and their skill is incredible. Like, obviously, Tens is incredible. But, I, you know, like, dude, Shazam's getting opening picks. Like, it's fucking 2014 and Counter-Strike again. Like, he's just wrecking people. And, like, that's sick. Um, who's another player on their team? Joke's intended. I was going to say, is <laughs> it sick? <I> no, <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, like, you know. With them, like, th- dude, there was an interview, like, that one of these, like, I think it was, like, Baby Bay gave this interview with, like, Tens or something. It was, like, some crazy... Like, in some ridiculous L.A. apartment or some shit, which is, like, just so... It's, like, a mansion or something. Anyways, um, yeah, like, Tens was, like, oh, you know that famous Rays game where I didn't get a lot of kills? Like, we wanted to have Rays for our comp, but I hadn't really, like, practiced enough at that point, and I really shouldn't have picked it. It's, like, this... That says to me all you need to know about Sentinels. Right before the tournament, they're changing their comp, and 10s doesn't even have... The reps on the character how could you do that to yourself to tens to anything to your team to your one of your star players like that just tells you that they are trying to find their identity and i hope they find it and if they find it and get some reps on it they're a very strong team but until then like who knows like that it's devastating to watch that stuff um and it's true everyone else is getting better um but let's just keep going down because these are like the big teams right we're hitting like the big ones mm-hmm. um
0: well I, I think the next one that i want to talk yeah. about though and i think this is the team this is the na team that has the biggest question mark okay for me okay which would be a hundred thieves okay um hundred thieves so unlike sentinels and cloud nine who you know completely have the exact same roster from last year hundred thieves is coming in with only three of their five players from last year but I mean there's been like a lot of roster shuffling around it seems I feel like a hundred thieves has been trying to find its own identity after masters Berlin and their performance there yeah um but we have you know our our, I guess our helmsman of Hiko Mm -hmm. on a hundred thieves probably the most like notable personality in NA Valorant, um, at least in terms of tenure.
1: Yeah, he just perhaps. accidentally like brings in twenty k viewership on every stream, so you know.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> like, he he has a legacy uh, uh, yeah. ahead of him. I'm sure McCoy will yeah. probably go into detail, like as matches go on, about Hiko's legacy. You know, Hiko, what was that? <laughs> are you kidding? Yeah, are you me? kidding me? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But but so we have Hiko, um we have Ethan, and then we have Asuna. Yeah. Um. And so those three have been uh, have been with them, but they did lose their players of Nitro and Steel and maybe Boy at some point. Yeah, I know that like, was a brief that was a brief window there. I,
1: and then Boy, say, Boy yo, shout out to Boy for just making a five k highlight clip later, like weeks later, where, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right where you just like that's the most insane five k like I have ever ace I've ever seen, like because it's like I'm pretty sure he either accidents two people. Or like the last one is just a really insane micro adjustment, but he definitely accidents the third out of his triple spray that he instantly 180s to get a double from. And you're just like, what the fuck? And everyone is like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, it's it's funny because when people do that, regardless of how now now you don't pick up a player for that, that's not something that is consistent. Um, it'd be nice if your player could do it, but. Um, but there was a lot of luck involved there, and that's, that's not to say that, like, as a GM, you should really, like, take highlight clips like that and be like, oh, fuck, I, I wish I had kept that guy. Because he's a controller player. He has to, you know, put smokes down at the right time, do all these other parts of his job. Um, and I won't comment on whether he's good or not at his, be- his job because I basically didn't even get to see him in the team before he was out. Um, but it is always funny to me. When an insane highlight <laughs> clip comes out, you know, after you kick when someone. When I posted that
0: <laughs> clip, I wanted to be like a hundred T in shambles.
1: <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Like, fuck, dude. <laughs> You're like, no, I want an ace. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And and so they added some people. They added Baby J, who was previous on FaZe. And I essentially know very little about this guy because FaZe fell off really hard, really fast. And mm-hmm. so, you know what I mean? When they... When they go past the horizon, you can't see them anymore. So that's the unfortunate part with Faze, and like past the horizon, even still is TSM. Unfortunately, but you know, like, <laughs> you know. But
0: every once in a while, I see Sabrosa. I'm like, I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yeah. I would, dude. I tuned into to like one of the games that was uncasted. That was like, to un, it was it was TSM versus someone. It was broadcast to like ten thousand people, and it was uncasted because it was like so low in the bracket or whatever that they just didn't care anymore. It was in like some losers, whatever. And else just dropping a gajillion kills and they're losing and i'm just like oh no like tsm <laughs> damn <laughs> like damn you uh, but yeah yeah so fair um but basically yeah like so i don't know I, i've been doing little bits of scouting on baby j but we'll just we'll let that one happen but echoes is interesting um
0: is that how you pro- so wait how do you pronounce this name <sighs>
1: I want to say it's a- Eccles. Okay, so I his last know. name's Eccles. Yeah, so I think okay, that's that why. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: I'm like EC1S. <laughs> we can't shoutcast that.
1: Like, that's too. Long. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Eccles, and he's he's British, and he's so he's from the U- the UK. And I've been watching his stream a little bit to try to get more familiar with him. I've heard of him before. I want to say he has a Counter Strike career, um, but I just like don't really know about him. So we're gonna see. Um, but his stream at least, like he was having the classic. It almost felt like um, when Bjergsen came over. When, you remember when Bjergsen came over and he was streaming and he was mm-hmm. just tearing up NA solo queue, but also just like everyone's not making remarks. Like, why did he do that? That was super dumb. Like, like just shit like that. <laughs> like, like, this was Ekko's experience here. He was just sort of like, none of these people are taking this seriously. Am I not at the top of the ladder? Like, <laughs> just like, oh, sorry, welcome, bro. <laughs> like, hey, it's fucking NA. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, he looked like a strong player, a good teammate, and um, someone that I could respect for his impact in the game, good callouts, uh, con- like good mechanics. Uh, he was like actually tapping, trying to like reset recoil and shoot people and stuff like that. And so, listen, I know that's a low bar, but like I'm rooting for him. I hope he'll do well.
0: Do you think that he's a good replacement for Nitro?
1: It's interesting. Nitro has got to be one of the most interesting characters in all of Valorant and all of Counter Strike when it comes to NA because Nitro was repeatedly on teams that did really well in NA and potentially even in the world. In Counter Strike, but repeatedly attacked by pundits and analysts, and repeatedly like cut from teams, and like all sorts of weird shit that would happen to him. And then teammates would literally go on interviews a year later being like, I wish we had never cut him. Like, we never recovered from cutting him. Like, we fucked our whole team by doing that. But we felt the pressure because we were on some hard times, and people were saying he was bad. And it's like, this just happens over and over again. And so I have no idea. I used to. I used to not know as clearly... Because he's clearly a strong player. I think the thing with him that catches people is that he's kind of supportive in a lot of ways and kind of IGL-ish in a lot of ways. Um, but he also opts sometimes... And is aggressive sometimes, but never like in a consistent way. So I think that people have a hard time understanding exactly what his play style is. And like, you know, when he was on Jet, like offing on that Breeze game, that was like pretty famous or the 100D, like had that insane comeback on. Like you're looking at that like, geez, if you could just do that all the time, Nitro, it's like he can't and he doesn't. And that's one of the things that I think leads to a lot of criticism on him. So is Echoes a replacement for him? I have no idea. History has proven Nitro to be a super valuable piece on your team. And I'm not sure if he is replaceable in any context um, for what exactly he does. But is Echo a step in the right direction? It seems so. It seems like he's a good, solid teammate and uh, a solid player and, like, a smart player for the game. And and that is at least in the same fucking wheelhouse. So, fair. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that is definitely, like, I, I think 100 Thieves is definitely on my radar for, like, a team to keep tabs on and see how that is going. Yeah. Um, only because I think of these, actually they are the only team of these like invited NA teams that has switched up their roster, right. uh, in one way or another. Right. Um, because next we've got envy okay. who we have seen also in tournament play quite a bit. You know, yeah. I think the, the one name on envy that we know a lot about is yay, you know, El Diablo mm-hmm. as he is so lovingly called, um, but Envy is kind of also kind of coming back after a relatively disappointing performance yes. at Champions as well. I think that was a tournament, um, well, first of all, there was a lot of factors that might have affected Envy's play in that tournament, you know, one of their members having COVID Right. and then having and to play in that room same and like
1: oh my god you hear the players talking about right. like how like they had to keep the window open for COVID protocol so then everyone's hands are fucking freezing and if you know what it's like to play with freezing hands these motherfuckers with hand warmers like shaking these fucking <laughs> things like holding that shit like dude it is hard as hell so
0: exactly yeah. so they probably didn't have like the best circumstances under playing champions and like yeah. i i think it showed in their in their play style uh, at champions as well you know we never we didn't nearly see as many pop-off moments that yay had that he perhaps had during uh masters berlin where they made it very far yeah. i think they made it to semi-finals for that and not um, only do they make
1: it far like yay popped off like a fucking demon bro like, right,
0: we're talking like a guy <laughs> who's like a one v four clutch yeah. on a fucking Marshall, yeah, on a Marshall <laughs> like a exactly. And
1: what? oh my god, the clutches this dude had! Like I think he had an ace in there too. And it's just so the thing is, so he's a different breed of character. He's a slow sense duelist. They're pretty rare, um, but because it's really hard to like check all of the angles, you need to check with a slow sense, and he has one. But he's incredible incredibly precise and his mechanics are incredibly drilled like he peeks things very cleanly and has clearly been focusing on his mechanics and you can even see he has on his youtube channel like like at the very beginning of valorant he had like one like almost jankily made tutorial that he tried to do himself you know before like he had like a youtube editor or whatever else and it's like you can see like his mind is on mechanics and playing cleanly and playing together with teammates and stuff like that and so he's been just grinding at that this whole time while everyone else is having fun playing duelist running around Um, and he's just one of those like super precise, super clean angle peaks. And if you watch for him, what you want to see is that if he knows you are there, you are dead to him is like his sort of trademark. His trade game is incredibly clean and incredibly fast. So like if his, for example, if he's second one in and the first guy goes in, gets one and dies to the side, he's going to come around the corner, swinging the side where he died from to trade that guy. Like you've never seen and his precision is <laughs> and accuracy in doing so is just, it's insane. So yeah. And I, so Envy to me, like I think their story is about to be written. It's similar to Sentinels, right? Where Sentinels had such a high, high. And then it's like, they've fallen onto quote hard times or whatever people want to describe it as. And they're trying to reinvent themselves. And if they come back swinging right now, then I think that writes their story to be like, okay, they figured it out, right? Envy is mm-hmm. kind of similar where they had a super huge performance and people were like, no, fuck it, Envy's here. And Envy went straight from being one of those teams that you never fucking heard about to a team that you better fucking know, like in an instant. But since then, they haven't had the same performance, which admittedly is really, really hard to do. But like you've said, they've also had a bunch of really bullshit circumstances. So how they come out here and eventually and in the world's tournament after this is gonna write their story. So they're a really interesting team to watch for that reason.
0: Exactly, Yeah. yeah. And then I think when it comes to, like, open qualifier teams, really the only one that I maybe want to, like, note is just version one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think version one and Xset were the two open qualifier teams that just absolutely, like, dominated yeah. the bracket in open qualifier one. Um, Xset, I don't know much about. And so, therefore, I'm just kind of listing them as a team that will need to prove to me that... I need to watch them. Agreed. I'm sorry, but, like, uh, a strong run in open qualifiers means... It means a little bit. (laughs) Like, so I might keep, like, a corner of one eye on them at this point, but, like, I think they need to prove themselves against these invited teams to really um, take my consideration. Version 1, however, and this is only because we have seen version 1 before, they did make Masters Reykjavik, and actually they did end up taking some series off of some pretty yeah. strong teams as well yeah. um there are some names on here uh that are pretty notable i think the player to watch on that one for me would be penny hmm. um, okay. penny is their jet player their oper um he had a hell of a series at masters reiki like like insane peaks insane opping yeah. and so i always find that to be very exciting to watch um, but also, I'm excited to watch uh, Whippy. Whippy was supposed to play in Masters Reykjavik, but then couldn't. For oh, right. I forget what was the reason yeah. why he couldn't play. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, I think it was visa issues. Actually, me. Um, but I mean, considering their strong run in the Open Qualifier, like I will be excited to see how they come up against these invited NA teams. Um, whether it's like they are kind of reclaiming the position that they were just always meant to have, um, that they now have because they now have played more with Whippy at this point or have more team cohesion and synergy, who knows. Um, but I honestly think that they might be a threat against some of these uh, these
1: higher teams. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see they it. They also used to have Vanity on their team, right, if, if I recall that correctly? Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Like, so like, okay, one of the things you'll notice, and this has been true for a long time, but there's been a couple of teams like Ascend also that gets their in-game leader or whatever at the time, allegedly. But like poached to another team, like this is a very devastating thing to happen to a team. It's like taking the heart from it. Um, But it doesn't always have to be that way. It just depends on the personnel that you have. Like if you have a bunch of like smart players that were contributing to that like whole or and I don't mean to like denigrate players that are just like really good at their own role but don't understand the macro as much but like sometimes you have a team full of a bunch of people that understand the macro and so they like basically can't be stopped when you remove a player and other times you remove a player and I mean that's the death of the, of the team so I'm excited to see what they have to do they felt to me like the team that they felt homegrown I don't know how to describe it they just feel like like a like a real actual team like like these are just people that i, I want to say like these are just like your friendly nerds like that's what i want to say <laughs> that's the way i could feel but trust me that's a positive because then in the world stage they were just trying their hearts out and it was so beautiful to watch like they like pressure was not I mean, i'm sure they were feeling pressure but they had the right mindset like listen we're just going to go as far as we can you know we're just out here we're just going to do the best we can and that is such a beautiful mindset and it was like they were doing the opposite of choking they were like excelling under pressure and it was just so beautiful to watch so it's hard to not be a fan of them. We'll see if their performance like picks up. I think it definitely could. And if it did, I think it'd be really exciting for the region and for certainly us. Like that'd be awesome. They were cool. Yeah. yeah. And then the thing with Exet is, okay, I won't claim to know anything about Exet. Of course, people are like like, you know tell you all about BCJ and Deaf or whatever. But the person that I was told to look out for was Cryo. Cryo Cells. Mm-hmm. Apparently this is like a young up and coming talent and apparently he's very good. Um, So I don't know much about him, but apparently he like dominated in, uh, the open qualifiers. So that's cool. I'm excited to see that.
0: Jet player. a little bit of chamber. A little bit of chamber. Mostly jet.
1: (laughs) 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 Just a little bit of chamber. Chamber's cool. Yeah. That's the other thing. God, we probably Mm -hmm. won't get into it, but there's a bunch of meta changes too. And you know, if you're really interested in that stuff, obviously people can watch the open qualifier and see, but. The real test is, is I would say world stage, but at least, you know, these sorts of group league stages. Like the, the open qualifier is what it is, but a lot of teams are are just making sure that they play what they can succeed with at the moment. And like now it's not that it'll happen immediately, but people are given a bit of an opportunity to figure out larger things, like to kind of move with the meta a bit if they want to. So mm-hmm. it's 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 gonna be different now. Um and that's cool.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. mean any other team i think we kind of like just said the rest of these teams so the guard energy evil geniuses knights luminosity rise like these are all teams that will need to prove themselves agreed in one way or another yep um so we probably won't go into as as much depth as we did with these other teams but that is also just because we really just have not seen them play yeah all that much yeah Um, So it'll be exciting to see. Yeah,
1: but I wish them luck. And honestly, like they have worked incredibly hard, like you said, to get here. And that is not something that goes away overnight when you get into a league format. Um, It can for some teams if they're running out of momentum. We've seen that in league a bunch of times. But but like some of these people are going to go ham. And the fact that they're unknown is like... You can feel it's like a thirst, a thirst for recognition, a thirst for success. They are right there. So if they have worked so hard to get here, you wouldn't be surprised if they worked pretty hard to to get just a little bit further. And so a little bit further is right in front of us, I would say, right, as fans. So that's mm-hmm. awesome.
0: Exactly.
1: Yep.
0: But all right. So that was NA. And then we have our EMEA teams. Yeah. So... This is a little bit different than last year only because there wasn't really a group stage. I mean, actually, like, none of these regions really had like, this kind of format of a group stage followed by, you know, a tournament of some sort. It was kind of just always, like, playing tournaments until there was a big tournament. Um, So this is, like, the first time that there's really just, like, a group stage within the Valorant circuit, um, especially within the EMEA region. Um, Yeah. So we have our 12 teams for EMEA of Ascend, Gambit Esports, Team Liquid, Fnatic, Guild Esports, Big, or maybe B-I-G. Big. We'll call them Big. Um, Supermassive Blaze, Fun Plus Phoenix, G2 Esports, <laughs> Ludon United! It's LDN UTD. This is like a medical. I think it's Ludon like United. this is like if you need
1: to go like <laughs> to the like the doctor or like a hospital. Like that's what not only their 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 name is, but look at their logo, dude. Like <laughs> their logo also looks like. Like that. why so is true. this like Kaiser? Like like why is this like like blue shield or something? Like like this is like a like an option blue of Cross, insurance. Blue like shield, like what is, what is <laughs>
0: perfect and then we have bbl and Natus vincere or otherwise known as navi so Mm -hmm. all right so this is this is interesting because i think at least when it comes to teams that i am familiar with there are more teams in emea that i think have made names for themselves in one way or another that qualified um in some way now keep in mind uh EMEA had like a little bit of a different qualifying experience hmm. than I think NA did. Um, it's very interesting. It, it's definitely a different format between the regions. Hmm. Um, but basically, we had our invited teams of Ascend, who is last year's uh, at world champions. Uh, Gambit Esports, which made a name for themselves in multiple tournaments, including yeah. you know, Reykjavik, Berlin as well as champions making the final there Uh, we've got Team Liquid a team who we did see I believe they were in Reykjavik they didn't make Berlin but they made champions Mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly they went
1: pretty darn far in the last tournament and they got shut down but the thing with them though is that they looked incredible until they had a regional matchup where people Ascend specifically had their number knew what they were fucking doing and they looked lost and just got eaten alive. And I think it started to really shade in detail as to what Team Liquid actually is, because people have seen a really strong Team Liquid and they've seen a really weak Team Liquid. And the caster's always talk about it, like if the strong Team Liquid shows up today, then I don't think they can be stopped. And I think from my early data on this, it's a regional thing, it's, it's facing certain teams that are comfortable with their style, that aren't surprised by what they do. Um, and that are confident against them and don't respect them. That are just willing to like peak shit and like just do crazy stuff. That doesn't really happen at least yet on the world stage. Like at the world stage right now, there's a lot of respect going on, especially with the more uh, like the higher up the games go. Like people start respecting each other. They start just yoloing less. But if your style is yoloing, it's a really devastating thing to do to your to your mental and to your squad. And so, Team Liquid, I think the way that I'm reading all of that information really fucking strong team unfortunately they're gonna have to fight mm-hmm. some regional matchups here um <laughs> but i was really gonna say
0: team. maybe this uh group stage will be great for them because they'll actually learn how to play against their own region
1: <laughs> maybe <laughs> you know? or they'll just get dumpstered and they won't go anywhere but then they would have dumpstered in the world stage i don't know but they're definitely a fan favorite team and they played i thought way underratedly good way underratedly mm-hmm. good uh, at the most recent tournament
0: agreed so. agreed yeah, agreed. yeah. yeah. And then we have Fnatic, who made Reykjavik, did not make Berlin, but then qualified into champions um, via the point system. A lot of you know notable personalities on that team, but also notably different roster uh, than we've seen before. Couple new faces there. Yeah, you um, mean
1: Brave AF?
0: <laughs> yeah, Brave who the AF. Fuck we is don't that? really know him. <laughs> Apparently, he's Russian. Sick. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe. Nope, he's not sick. He's braving oh, All right, then. <laughs>
1: yeah. Shazam. What oh, oh. are we just like saying people's <laughs> names now? Sorry, that didn't work at all.
0: <laughs> this is like the are uh, hearkening back to our league days when we'd be like, that is amazing. No, no it's no, not
1: amazing. <laughs> Dude, I saw him <laughs> on a talk show the other day, and he was like really elegant, well-spoken, and I was like, God, you just really showed a really strange game early on in your career on Lee Sin and stuff. It was just really brutal to watch, man. <laughs> like, I wish you all the best. Um, yep. Yep.
0: Uh, but anyway, so I mean, a lot of these teams, I, I think the notable thing is a lot of these rosters have shifted to the point yeah. where I think nearly every single team has a player that I know on it, maybe with the exception of Ludon United, only because I have zero idea about Lithuania as yep. a country, let alone yeah. like a Valorant team. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, like, a lot of these other teams I have seen in one form or another, and it's mainly been on that international stage. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how they fare. You know, for one thing, uh, Guild Esports is a team that has Cold Amenta on it. I only know about Cold Amenta only because of right? his time on Ascend, but then also on G2. So to see him now on Guild Esports... Um, will be interesting only because i do think he has a very nice um like in-game leader personality now whether he's actually the igl of guild is another question but he's certainly one of those older valorant players i think he's 27 like he's definitely on that older front of course as i click on him there's nothing that says so
1: hear me out about this though bro like wait so go back to that other page um Mm -hmm. and so hear me out on this because like okay He used to be on Ascent, right? And that's what you're talking about. And that's what I think we all learned about him for because Ascent went on an insane run. And then if anybody is familiar with G2 in other esports, they have no problem poaching a motherfucker. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) In fact, they think of it just as part of the game. Like I've heard interviews with like Carlos and otherwise basically just saying like, look, you get a great player, their team is destroyed. How could you not make this move as a GM? And you're like, oh, my God, dude. Because, um, like, so people it's don't like always you, think about it. you're right, but also, holy Yeah, fuck. exactly. Holy fuck, and you're definitely right. And so the thing is, what's interesting about this move is its is it didn't seem to work. Um, and I'm not sure what that says for Coldimenta. Uh, and I don't entirely know. But the think about it, right? He tried to kill Ascend by removing one of its heads. But it turns out it had multiple heads, and it came right back. Like, Okay. And then they themselves were like, wait a minute. I thought you were the IGL of this team, but... And then I'm not sure of the circumstances, but he's no longer on that team. So for whatever reason, he didn't fit for that team. So maybe they didn't get what they wanted out of him. um, And they didn't, in fact, get the magic formula to what Ascend was. Um, So I don't know. If there is a magic formula in there still, we can see it through guild. Um, But notably, like, he's not on either of these teams anymore. Um, For example, Ascend Mm -hmm. did not get him back. So... It's just interesting. It's interesting to see, like, what impact does he have? It's something that will be hard for us to see from the outside. But it's something, is a storyline you could look at if you're interested in his personal career.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why I'm going to be keeping an eye on him just to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there could also be the question of, okay, well, could he just not succeed on G2 because of some of the other big names that are on there? Right. I mean, G2 has people like Nookie and Kellogg's um who are just known to like pop off and you know sometimes there are just some players that you can't even try an IGL at first now I'm not saying like I have no (laughs) you know peek behind the curtain I have no insider knowledge about (laughs) these collocks and Nookie (laughs) could be completely wonderful dudes I don't know but like I don't know like I, I think every single team has a different sort of dynamic and it's interesting that you you know, he could not handle the fact that Nikki addresses
1: S- like a serial killer. Do you think that's possible?
0: Yeah, you know, maybe <laughs> sorry, it is. Sorry
1: for <laughs> i just like, so, dude, the could, glasses, bro. You, you
0: remember that Could sh- you get rid of the glasses as well as like the, like the middle part, long yeah, hair? Like, standard? That'll be great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like he is straight out of one of those commercials for movies about serial killers. You know what I mean? Like, we're like driving, like in like exactly. the dusty desert or whatever, out the side of their like car. Like they're like, you know, they roll down the window and they look at a. I don't know. It just, it just, trust me. Like he is, trust me. Um, also a <laughs> great player. But um, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Sorry about that.
0: Exactly. <laughs> But anyway, so I guess looking at EMEA as a whole, though, so obviously I'm going to be, you know, forthright with everything listener. Um, I am a huge Ascend fan. Mm-hmm. Um, well, huge is a big term, but, like, I, I've been following Ascend since their Masters 1 run back when Masters used to only be, like, interregional, wow. um, And they kind of just stole my heart from there. And I've kind of been following them ever since, and was elated when they went, won the uh, championship. Um, but I just, I really like Ascens play style. I like the, I like the members on the team. Yes, even Starzo, who you know I do complain oh, about from time of to Starza. time. But like,
1: <laughs> oh god, I think he's a really important part of that team. That's what I've been starting he is. to see. But that's yeah. the thing.
0: <laughs> like i say through gritted teeth i'm like he's a great presence on the team we can't keep yelling (laughs) starzo
1: yeah i love it when you (laughs) show like this yeah yeah (laughs) totally yeah
0: yeah he's every team needs to have i guess their like well every people will say every team needs to have their personality i think it's not necessary but whatever (laughs) starzo is that personality
1: but whatever yep
0: sure um but yeah, sense coming off of, you know, obviously a very high high. There's going to be targets on their back. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how they fare now yeah. in the second year. They have kept their entire roster from last year. Um, most notably, I think players to watch are definitely Zeke, yeah. who won MVP for last My champions. God. He was an absolute monster demon. Yes,
1: he was. But he um, was not. I I, I want to say this to the, to the ends of the earth, but he was not a demon a demon in the traditional sense now he was a demon yes you're absolutely right but not in the traditional sense like the traditional sense that people have seen in valorant so far is is people like tens i want to say or like you know just these insane even seen it on his own fucking team these people with just (laughs) the most insane aim and mechanics and just just fluidity and naturalness that you've just you've just never it just feels like it breaks the game like it's unfair like you you, you, this is why people always joke, like, I want your sensitivity, I want your crosshair, I want your monitor, I want your T. I I want your chair. Cause it's like, how can you tap into the magic that these players have? They're just, they're just playing a different game. Zeke is playing the same game as the rest of us, just super fucking clean. And I love it, bro. Zeke, Zeke is playing off angles in such clean ways. Like he is teaching me the game. Like you're going to hold showers this way, dude, because you get the side of their head cause they're not ready. And I'm like, that is awesome. It's so big. <laughs> so he's not the person that has the highlight clips. Of course, he had plenty of highlight clips, but he's not the highlight clip player. He's the player that's like pure value, pure like anchor. He gets two in a round and you're like, a good team wins this scenario from here. Like, you know what I mean? Thank you for crowbarring <laughs> us into a round. And he does it, quote, smartly. We talked about that a little bit earlier. So that's a, a man after my own heart when it comes to play style, So yeah, Zeke was not only the MVP that was awarded, but he I was calling him as an my personal MVP way before that, just because of what we're mm-hmm. talking about. And and he's on fucking the team with CNED, bro. Like it's like how do you <laughs> how do you show how how is there any more light to be shown on a team like that, right? Um Exactly yeah, but he earned it.
0: Well and I think all of these players have found some way to put themselves into the spotlight. Agreed. I mean, I think I think Starzo is actually also known to be just a very good flex player for Ascend. Yeah. You know, he's he's on a lot of different agents uh, throughout the map. He's not a one trick, mm-hmm. but he's also one of those people who he may die a lot, but then there will just be that one round where he just clutches a 3v1. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he has some rather like monstrous rounds where he makes an impact um, no matter what champion he is on. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important and vital for a team to have. Cned, you know, we've we've made a name for this guy. I mean, he's he's their jet player. Yeah. He's their upper. Um, has some very sick, nice highlight clips. Probably we'll see him on Reddit a couple times. Um, yeah. <laughs> who knows? Oh yeah. Um, and I mean, I I think he has. It'll be interesting cuz I actually think like even in this past tournament like he had a couple pop off no, moments cool but enough. it wasn't nearly as much of the Cned show as I think what was hyped. Like I I just remember Masters 1 where Cned was like a monster. Yeah, I know. Throughout that entire thing. Oh, dude.
1: His daggers Um, were fucking crazy. (laughs) Like.
0: (laughs) Right. And as of lately, like, I've seen him whiff a couple. Like, where he'll waste all the jet knives or he'll dash when he doesn't mean to. I think he is, he's cooling off a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if he can kind of resurface and reestablish himself. Or if it kind of continues to be this sort of cool off moment as like the rest of Ascend maybe comes up and supports him right I mean he's got a hell of a support hell of system a support with system with the thing is Ascend for sure.
1: could have been the CNED show and it turns out those types of teams don't really work like the, the best example is in in Counter-Strike there's this guy named Simple and for a long time he was on a quote bad team and he was by far and away the best player in the world which CNED is not even necessarily by far and away the best player in the world but he looked like it at times and is in the conversation for sure at times, um, but but simple was far and away. Like, you know, the difference between that is like 10 tournaments. Like <laughs> You know it's, you know what I mean? It's like 10 <laughs> tournaments of just like he was the best rated player no matter what, but he didn't win things on that team. And at one point, actually it was like a f- famous interview where his coach came up to him and said like, we've seen Astralis, which is this other team that has a great system and they're very strategic. And I, we've un- we understand their strategy now and their system and we will build the system around you, give us like two years or something and you will win. And in fact, they did build a system around him. And in fact, he did win. And they are the Na'vi of right now that's killing it. And so it's it's about the team. And when you have a really good team and a really good system, and you have CNED, right? It's pretty strong,
0: Right. pretty strong. And so
1: that's what Ascend is looking like. And that is what makes them so beautiful. And that was my fear for them back in the day when Coldamenta got poached after they had such a stunning, what was it, master's performance or whatever. I mean, even just everything. Mm-hmm. Like, their, all their sage walls look so interesting and, like, dude, the way they were playing the map was just so foreign and beautiful. It felt like they were just showing us how to play the game and, and nobody else even remotely knew. Um, and then they lose, quote, the IGL, right? You think, I, I fear that that's the end of that team. Um, but no, they showed a lot of team and a lot of, like, promise and, I don't know, spunk. You get them. <laughs> like, like, yeah Yeah. so
0: and and a lot of identity i think the most notable moment moment from their champions performance was the fact that they played omen on split for like you know their the final round like they they do not play the meta they play what is right for their team and i can't help but just admire that hell yes in in a in a map where everyone's like, You've gotta play Astra if you want smokes and Ascend is just like, No, Bone Cold just likes Omen because he's also got a blind and he can also be up there with his team and he can also throw smokes and it's just like, This makes total sense. Wow.
1: <laughs> like, I amazing. know, I know, dude, literally, um I I I got in a small Reddit argument with someone over Astra and and um <laughs> and Omen because this guy was like We need buffs for Omen. No one plays him on the pro stage. Like, Astra's just so oppressive. And listen, like, Astra is very strong. And oppressive might even be a good word for her, especially on the meta. And her pick rate's insanely high. And Omens is really low. But my point was just that they were like, Omens not even viable. And I was like, you can't take a pick that's not viable and win the biggest tournament in the world with it. surely and so i i totally agree bone cold showed the world that like and and literally his interview was like well if i was astra i would have been seven seconds late to this fight but i got a triple instead it's like damn right oh me joy (laughs) yes and by the way this guy literally inspired me to just walk into solo queue for the next month and just play omen and and they were like what you're not astra and i'm like watch me bro i'm gonna kill people this game because it's my goddamn right (laughs) (laughs) What do you think I aim trade for? To sit here and throw spokes? As the kids say, play StarCraft in the back? No. I come here to shoot people. Um, And that's what Bone Cold (laughs) did. And he's a goddamn good shot. He's a Vandal headshot machine. And so putting him. Sheriff. His sheriff Sheriff kills
0: are insane. His first
1: bullet accuracy is insane. And so when you have someone like that, who I think is a... He feels to me like, I think he's like approximately like a slow sense, maybe medium sense like rifler, but just with an incredible first bullet accuracy and precision. He doesn't like flick his crosshair all around. He's really trying to keep it at head level to get you there and play that game. When you have one of those that's really strong, it is a very scary thing because you cannot let people like that live. <laughs> because... They're not going yeah. to panic and whiff a 30 bullet spray. They're going to kill everyone sequentially as fast as possible with clean mechanics. That is a devastatingly scary thing. And had to have that as your smoker is a great thing. Because you're already trying to kill Z, because on some insane off angle, Starzo is behind you for some reason, and how the fuck did you do that? And then C jumping over some nonsense shit, trying to like shoot you with the classic. <laughs> and so and Killy's, by the way, is playing Cypher on across the map, so don't worry about it. Um but then. <laughs> but all that's (laughs) he's learning (laughs) (laughs) all that's happening and bow has got a fucking sheriff so it's terrifying it's truly terrifying and and this team is inspiring bro like they are just they truly are inspiring like i i completely understand why you'd be a fan of this team i am also a fan of this team i i I think they absolutely deserved their win uh at the champions or whatever but i think it's worth saying as we transition to the next team they barely fucking won okay
0: Yes, They barely fucking won.
1: And Gambit is definition consistency right now. They are just strong as fuck all the time.
0: And they are keeping their entire roster as well. So that is, yeah, Gambit, which is Defo, Nats, Chronicle, Redgar, and Shados. They have shown to be a dominant force since Masters Reykjavik. You know, they... They weren't in Masters 1, I think, because they mainly were in the CIS region um, at that point, Um, but then they qualified via CIS for Masters Reykjavik, and I mean, considering the fact that this year, they're just like, listen, we got to get Gambit into just like an EMEA tournament, uh, let alone, like, they're not letting them compete in their own CIS region this year, and I think that just speaks volumes to how they play. Um, They are a very uh clean and calculated team oh, yeah. that just when you think about that cold ice in the veins killer <laughs> mentality yes. like that's what i kind of yes. think of as gambit they they aren't showboaty they really don't have that much of like a personality besides redgar who's just wholesome as fuck mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like, he just smiles shit,
1: yeah. with his broken back <laughs> yeah. but like
0: but it's it's interesting just because gambit has just kind of always been known as an organization as this very stoic russian yeah. like you know we we see we kill and they have proven to do that um just maybe with a little bit more smiles here and there yeah, now um, their fucking before.
1: Twitter and shit yeah
0: yes <laughs> no <laughs> yeah shout outs to you Demo. Yeah, shout no but
1: but <laughs> for real though and like and and to be honest like they, they literally wear polos with, like, red on it and stuff. They, they, they feel, like, in some ways, like, the villain or, like, like the mm-hmm. team to beat in that sort of competitive way. Um, of course, like, you know, we haven't really talked too much about our personal philosophies. But, like, I love all sorts of teams. And especially, and also, you know, winners like this. Like, these guys are winners. And they have great mentality. Mm-hmm. And they have incredible teamwork. And they have incredible, like, th- they have some of the most distinct Cause they also have an identity but the thing is their identity is very hard to figure out because it feels foreign The way they play the game is foreign. Like they just, like they're Fracture, like they're like the first team on Fracture to just stomp everyone. They're like, oh, Fracture makes sense to us. You're like, oh shit, what? Because like people are still dodging that shit in NA and like all the pros are complaining about that. And these guys are literally tearing apart on Fracture the second it comes out. And you're like, wow, what is that? That's their unique style and, and just teamwork and leadership and all those things together. Whatever system they have going on there, all their pieces together is, it's scary good and it's scary foreign. So I love that that's exactly what we come here to see mm-hmm. when it comes to like the world stage. Right. That's it's so exciting to watch them. And like, you know, I actually think this is something that when I was younger, I think I would have rooted for them to lose because they do feel like the, the team to beat. Right. But now I look at it in a little bit different light. Like I, I want, I want them to get their due, man. They have done yeah. so well um, for themselves. and And like, dude, like, did you, did you hear about Nats' fucking practice routine? It's like he just shoots like 4,000 bots a night. Like, you're just like, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> like, like, he's sitting there playing, like, his violin, like, a thousand times. And then, like, you know, he, like, plays one wrong note. And he's like, oh, I got to start again. And, like, just like.
0: <laughs> well, but, yeah. But this is what I mean by this is a – team that is dedicated and meticulous with everything that they do i mean they they say it a lot like in interviews about their own scrims they're known as scrimbit because of how seriously they take scrims when other teams don't um but but yeah it, it's almost like this kind of foreign concept of like wait you guys
1: Practice. i know oh like, especially what? with all the na conversations and shit everyone's like oh you're streaming i was gonna say yeah.
0: we'll probably bring it up like depending how the season shapes up we might talk about it here and there but like there is certainly a conversation when it comes to a team and practicing and scrimming and how much time they dedicate yeah. to bettering themselves as opposed to solo queue um and getting Gambit does solo queue, but not nearly, like, it's It's not nearly on the level as you might see some other NA pros do. Like, they have come here to work and to play and to play together yes. cleanly. Yes. Um, and it just makes for some very fun, enjoyable Valorant to Hell watch. Yes. Like, even though it was a stomp, I love to go back to uh, Masters Berlin uh, VOD and watch the semifinals match of Gambit versus G2 on Icebox where Gambit dumpsters G2 13 yeah.
1: 0. But the reason yeah. I love
0: watching that is because you just see nothing but pure blooded killers yes. Yes. in a semifinal yes. in an international tournament. It is beautiful to watch. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> and that's the thing is like, dude i love that you love that dude we should watch that together like that sounds so fun it's so awesome <laughs> dude, we, we should. should go back It's we're a bad week bro we should just put that out there that we're watching that match again because like dude yeah. there's just you just gotta love it you have to understand you have to earn every round in this game and one of the most beautiful things and it comes from counter-strike but is here in valorant too, is that you know if you get like your money is broken you can save and come back with all the gear that you need all the abilities you need all the weapons you need and so at the end of the day like yes there's all sorts of economic factors are happening but it's very much a mental game there's momentum in this strange way that feels like wait a minute if they have all the guns that they could need to fight you and you have all the guns even though you have all this extra money like why are you winning still and in their case they're winning still because they're incredibly clean and incredibly good and incredibly like adaptive and that's really fucking hard to do really 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 hard to do Um and it's just one of those things where this isn't like they had a giant gold lead and they do twice as much damage as their opponents and they can just one shot everyone with all their CC and there's no zonias out yet for the defense. It's like no. (laughs) These guys have to actually fight them on even footing. Um and that's part of the reason, by the way, the comebacks in this game are so sweet because or 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 devastating if your (laughs) team is joking. But you know, like (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's because a team and I've seen this many times in Counter-Strike's history, like first pros was always a team I mentioned for this, but it's like they're one of those teams that like takes a while to get online, but I've seen them be up against match point and need to win like seven in a row and win seven in a row. And when they win seven in a row, you're like no fucking way because then you're entering overtime with all this momentum. So even though overtime is technically a reset, it's not a reset. Virtus Pro is about to snap you in half, and Gambit <laughs> has a team quality that feels like that, um, and that's that's awesome. I will say though, one of the things to note about them is that they did have some. I would say potentially like choking or, or stage ish issues at the beginning. And I think Gambit as an organization is doing the smartest thing possible, which is just give them more reps, just literally let them play more on stage and play more against these people and play more and not worry about getting cut or like worry about their own performance, but just literally get experience because like what we said for Nats' practice, this team is about reps, so even their organization is about reps. And I think it has really strengthened their mental. They have had great successes in the world stage and they are here. And I don't think there's any reason to expect that any meta change or really anything can shake these guys. Like I feel like these guys are a solid fucking team and a serious contender everywhere mm-hmm. they go.
0: It'll be it will certainly be really awesome to see how well they shape up. Yeah. Um, side note: I know you have to go. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, um, I stalled for twenty more minutes. Yep.
0: Oh, you started. Okay. Do you think we? we can do it we can do we it can just do let's it. just finish yeah let's just <laughs>
1: oh we'll finish these teams we'll wrap it up yeah. hey we've it's been good so far okay. listen we're just really fucking excited for the games to come up next uh you know what i'm saying like we're getting right into the season exactly. It's gonna exactly like high.
0: even just talking about it right now i'm just like oh i wish it was that's Friday what i'm already. saying
1: dude like... oh it's so <laughs> exciting because like guys like it's so fun to play this game we've all played the game it's really fun but to watch it you don't have to actually get shot inside the head while you're holding an angle instead you can just watch three Ks over and over and over again it's so good <laughs> um and i feel like there was a turning point in our group when people started to be able to parse the information of what they were seeing in a first person shooter in front of them and they started to realize like i remember like so when you were first starting to like see like wait, did he just do that? And you're like connecting it to how hard that would be for you to do. It's like, yes, yes, he did. It's fucking insane. <laughs> and that's what we're here for. It's fucking awesome. And just sometimes you're like, you know, strategy in the games is so fun. You know, you're breaking down rounds. and You're like, oh, I see they're going for a default, but then they're holding this. and The cypher trap goes on this point to block off these two angles. That's all exciting. It really is. And then sometimes you just sit back and you watch the flashing lights and there's nothing to denigrate that. That is one of my favorite experiences in life is to just sit there and watch incredible aim. And so all of that's in one. Welcome to Valorant, first-person shooters. These sorts of things. Turns out they're amazing. I didn't know what the yeah. fuck I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then we already shouted out Team Liquid. We could give a little bit of shout out to the, maybe some of the individual players. Um, or actually, hold on. Since we have just a little bit more time, let's give some shout outs to Gambit players. Um, just mm-hmm. because, like, okay. There's, Nat's got f- uh, very famous early. I think he has not n- ever lived up to whatever performance they want of him. Like this sort of like He's this Russian aim bot, like insane. He does have insane aim. It's a very dirty spray uh, phantom style, which can be very effective. And it's very nice to have on a controller character similar to Bone Cold, but from an entirely opposite perspective, right? Because Bone Cold's that precision first shot. And then Nats is actually like that spray, like sort of like your t- your time versus me is limited because I'm not going to not kill you for long, um, which they both do it for just from different sides of the aim style, which is really interesting. Um, and they both do it from a support role, which is really interesting, but again, Nats has played a lot of Viper, and Viper has led him into a lot of 50-50 fights that he didn't know where the guy was and got shot in the side of the head, and that is super lame, and we can get into yep. that later. Um, but the person I want to shout out in particular is Chronicle.
0: Yes, that was going to be my oh, player I was going I to go for shout it, go for out it. as well. Oh, I mean, like, Chronicle, I think he was an understated player. I He didn't really have... Well, the thing is, I say he didn't really have a lot of... Um, you know, top tier moments, like even in Reykjavik and Berlin, but maybe he did. Like he's just kind of one of those muted players who you have these players like Nats and Redgar and Defo, especially Defo. I think a lot of players people watch because he is that jet opera on their team who can make some really sick shots and does some crazy balls to the walls movements. But Chronicle has always proven to me to just be that one, just very deadly precision Uh, top fragger um he shows it a lot in his breeze play i think where he is just the guy who is just one tapping you across (laughs) the map with a vandal because he's got that aim and he's flicking head to head to head to head and he's just got this very precise precision shooting style it reminds me a lot of screams shooting Mm. style at times Mm. as well um but you know He's like the most muted 4K player exactly. I'll see ever. Exactly, like, where it's just like people are like, "Wow, this is 50/50. Which team's gonna come out?" Oh, and Chronicle gets a 4K, and you're just like, oh
1: "Yeah, like what, what happened, dude? Like how how does the this crew happen? game it was crew, right? Them and um, fucking bind that insane fucking like overtime yes. nightmare thing. Chronicle was like, "I'm not quiet today, bitches. Just like he went crazy. <laughs> like if you want to see Chronicle, you're like, oh, i wonder if that player is any good." Watch that game. It's one of the most recent tournament champions. It's Gambit versus Crew, and it's i think the last map or whatever it was mind shattering this guy was i mean am i wrong i mean dude
0: no i mean we're talking about like he's killing two people in front of him doing a complete 180 and killing two more sort of thing like it's insane like the precision that this guy has it's really fun but like i said he's just very muted like for whatever reason i think well, it it'll be interesting to see if maybe he gets some more fanfare this time around because of his champion's performance. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, I think you. Well,
0: But I mean, up until that point, it was always kind of you know Nats being in the question, Defo being in the question. Oh, Redgar, here's the he's the IGL, mm-hmm. he's looks the anchor.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, like like that's like the narrative around Gambit and Chronicles, just sitting there like, how many more like how much more impact do I need to have before you say something about me?
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, he's definitely my player to great. watch great uh, on that team. Great for choice.
1: Sure. Yeah. Okay. So let's leave him and let's let's go to Team Liquid Day. We've, so we've talked about them a little bit. We can mm-hmm. just give a little bits of shout out here as we as we move past them. But I, like I said.
0: Yeah. I mean, Scream and Nevera show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so cruel, <laughs> well, bro. Well. So cruel.
0: It, it's so cruel so cruel but actually like team liquid did have an outstanding performance uh in champions you know despite the fact that they got knocked out because of an interregional map matchup against ascend but uh up until that point they were showing to be a very strong team i think in particular i want to shout out link um just as a site holder as well as a site taker like i really liked his breach play Mm. um throughout the champions um, matchup i don't know if breach is meta still Who knows, he bro. might be but like but i i've always liked his play style i think he's a very solid anchor for that team he reminds me a lot of like the role that starzo plays in ascend where it's just kind of like he's just that flex player who's always there and will eventually clutch around like here and there but just very quietly yeah no. Yeah,
1: and they've put him on um, a lot of characters that have muted his, like, fragging potential, and specifically roles, which is something people talk about a lot in Counter-Strike, and they don't mean roles like Controller and Duelist, they mean, um, rather, the positions you play and, and the outcomes you can possibly have. Look at this guy, he's playing, you know, Judge Astra in, like, Bind, yeah. you know, in Hookah or something, right? Like, you're, that's not normal. I'm not saying <laughs> it's not strong, but it's not normal. And pro teams are going to do the best they can to like get you out of there. And so like the difference between him doing that, where you're like, yeah, he's a solid role player and him like playing like cypher on breeze or whatever. And he's just like one shotting people like across the whole map and just doing it over and over and over again. Like it's, it's interesting. They're trying to figure out where he goes and he's just secretly like a really strong player. So there are a lot of roles in this game that can kind of mute you um, as a player. And I think he has been muted a lot at times, but, but, yeah, that's why he's the player to look for because like, he has untapped potential, I think, right there um, in an already strong exactly. team. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how well Team Liquid does because, yeah, they're keeping their entire roster as well. I hope it's good despite all these interregional matchups. We'll have to see yeah.
1: how that shapes up. So then Fnatic, eh? So Fnatic, though, this is an interesting one because these guys... They're interesting for so many different reasons. One, of course, is Boaster, right? write their in game Leader, but also, like, the mo- the perfect name for his personality, right? Um, it's it, not in the sense that, like, he is necessarily, like, meaner, or acro like some of the NA people are, like, Vanity, for example. <laughs> who's kind of, like, the NA yeah, Boaster, but he's just... A, Even though they're best friends. I know, friends. exactly. I'm like, wow. Boastered vanity. I know. It's them. like, how can you be friends with such a toxic guy? <laughs> but he's probably not that toxic. But he just... His persona's toxic as so hell, I'll tell you that. But, yeah, like, it, it's just... It's one of those things where he is trying to make a name for himself in the game, outside the game. And, you know, he's the guy who is, I would say, jockeying for a host position, an analyst position, something like that. Um, oh, right, for sure. like, And that would just be joyous. like, like. But the thing is, what he says to that right now, and we'll see how long it goes right now, he says, no, I still have some play left in me before I do this. And fair play to him for that. Fnatic has continually gotten way further than they deserve. It feels like, it feels like. You're like, there's no way they can do it again. And they do over and over and over again. The question is when it stops, we'll see. Um, but I, you gotta give them cred for for putting it together and getting it done. Um, they've made it really, really far a bunch of times. And personally, I keep expecting it to fall off for them um, because I just look at some of these other teams and other rosters, and I, I just see so much incredibleness that they, that is gonna be at the top the end of the scene. And I'm like, can they do it? And I don't know, but they seem to be pretty strong. So I'm hoping that continues for them. Uh, That'd be awesome. They definitely are smart about the game and try to work together. And clearly Boaster's doing a lot of work with them to try to work on uh, Counter-Strike fundamentals, uh, which is great. And so I hope they Mm -hmm. do well. I would say if you, it's almost like not, I wouldn't say this is a sleeper pick to look at, um, but I would say if you want a player to look on that team, look for Durka now okay that's like oh cool like i i, I was about to make a, an actual sports reference but i don't understand anything about actual sports so it's gonna be so <laughs> embarrassing There's gonna give something like oh geez the person to look out for that team is michael jordan or i don't know but like you know the <laughs> thing is like that's kind of what it is for durka because he's clearly like the star of the team um but he is insanely good <laughs> let's put it that way he is insanely mm-hmm. good and it is really enjoy uh, enjoyable to watch and he is a very very strong player uh with just like his output, his, his, his strength in just putting people down is, is truly impressive. And, you know, if you ever want a taste of that outside of the like professional scene, you can always watch Booster and him stream together where Bo's just like, just like, you know, he's doing all right. You know, he's playing character. He's talking to his stream, you know, he's like working on like his like strategy or whatever. And then Dirk is just putting people down, just like- They're B. Yeah.
0: They're B, rotate.
1: <laughs> just like, oops, another 4K. Um, and then I would say another fun tidbit to look for is that at least in the last tournament, there's no way you can go back by this. I wish I could have made like a montage of this, but the amount of time that Magnum had a flank and then shot too early was like, <laughs> dude, it was like seven times, bro. It's crazy. I was like, I was like screaming at the TV, like, don't shoot, bro, don't shoot. No, what are you? Know? It's unfortunate.
0: So we'll see if he's he's gained some uh yeah. restraint. Yeah. <laughs> this year that that's gonna be our player to watch <laughs> will he flank and shoot because like because
1: it, 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 it's the double-edged uh. sword right because like if you take that in the simplest approach you can be like yeah he died there without getting anything so it wasn't a good play but actually it was a great reposition that got him a great opportunity he found a giant hole in the quote defense and i don't just mean from the attack side but rather just from the enemy side so he found a hole in the enemies but he whiffed the execution so it's like All you have to do is get your execution better, which admittedly is really hard to do um, because it's habits and stuff like that. A lot of it, people are really just operating on like instincts at some point. But yeah, like he's right there to being devastating, Um, but he's not or wasn't there uh, despite being like a pretty strong player in every other circumstance. It's just funny because in the games I play, I do a lot of stealth play. So just watching that is like, it's especially hurtful. (laughs) You just know, like, do not shoot now. No. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's like, you know, they're like, they're just about to go behind cover, and you go for that shot where, like, you're either you get a first bullet headshot on this guy, or he gets into cover, completely resets, figures out where you are, and then wide swings you while you're just in the middle of nothing, and you instantly die. Like, you don't win that fight at all unless you one bullet him. No, don't take that risk. Chill. Wait. He doesn't know you're there. Trust. Go for more. No, he shoots. Okay. He whiffs. Okay. All right. We're in trouble. So, anyways, yeah, it was really fun to watch, but, um, yeah, look for that. Look for that. I hope that's uh, improved on.
0: <laughs> we'll we'll see if that, and if that <laughs> happens, we'll ask you about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then okay, so do you know any of these other teams very well at all?
0: Well, no, so like the Turkish teams, Supermassive Blaze and okay. more Supermassive Blaze than BBL. I mean I only know them like know of their team name, I guess, from like international tournaments. They're always kind of one of those you know lower region lower region sounds really bad but like uh smaller region teams that you know they might like take a series off of a team or whatnot but they never really make it all that far in a tournament um most of the players i can't say that i know them the only one that rings a bell to me for whatever reason is bbl's power
1: and
0: i don't know why. what other right was he like on g2 or something like i swear he
1: was on something else who was it heretics heretics
0: okay so it was because of the heretics series uh in masters one last year that would be Mm -hmm. why um but i seem to recall like he was a decent player like i I I i really don't have i was gonna say so like a lot of these other teams kind of like what we've said with na like they they have a couple of recognizable names you know Zipon on and fun phoenix is another one that i think about where i'm like i feel like i've seen him clutch a couple sure. times he might yeah. be good yeah. um but for the most part a lot of these other teams uh are just big question marks for me on how they'll perform on this emea stage in a group stage format you know big i i don't know anybody on big so actually okay i'll give
1: you just like the quickest on it uh gob b is a legendary german igl from counter-strike but who is like i would say Ah. long since out of the like top tier and maybe even like second tier he has a long storied history uh in counter-strike as being an igl and specifically a structure igl One with like positions and roles and timings and reactions and like you do this, I do that. Um, And in fact, many German teams play like that and he in fact has had a large, large impact on many German teams uh, doing that sort of style. They've never been the best in the world but they've always been punching far above their weight for the talent that they have on the team is the way that the storyline goes for him. So that's very cool.
0: Interesting, and
1: that's kind of similar to Angel, actually, from FunPlus Phoenix. Although Angel is not nearly the IGL that job, that Gabi is, um, but he is also has a long storied history in Counter Strike. Like that guy, that guy, he looks like he's yeah, 25. yeah, yeah. Like he was, he was like <laughs> not even top tier when I started like ten years ago, <laughs> like watching um watching uh counter strike because it was just people would be like oh do you remember those angel clips from 1.6 which is like a game like far previous to that i'd ever started and i was just like what are you talking about <laughs> so like that's sort of i think both of these players sort of had their heydays before me but are still here and can clearly still bring stuff to teams and are still seemingly punching above their weight um uh with the boomer tags on you know what i mean like in the uh, like in their yeah. character portraits oh, exactly. and shit, so you know <laughs> respect yeah
0: but cool yeah But yeah, and then otherwise, like Ludon, like I said, big question mark, no idea. We'll have to see how a Lithuanian team does. And then Na'Vi is interesting because I know Na'Vi just from its name, it makes in Counter-Strike. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Like, I believe I watched a couple Na'Vi games versus Gambit in Valorant last year. Um, But I mean, Gambit was Gambit, so it looked kind of one-sided. So it'll be interesting to see if Na'vi kind of makes it more of a name for themselves, like, versus these other teams yeah. um, as well. The other
1: thing is that Na'vi... Maybe the start
0: of an empire. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing,
1: right? Like, so you look at, like, G2 and Na'vi, which both, I would say, like, are punching below their org's name. And then you look at some of these other ones, and they're punching above their org's name. So it's just interesting to see how that's going to shake out. Like, Na'vi, at least, in like you were saying, like, it's just literally, like, they're... I guess I would say they're the gambit of that game, which is like, man, these guys are good right. from this region. But um, yeah, like they they have simple, the best player in the world, but they also just like have always had a, a I'm not sure if it's a quite always a contender team, but like, man, they're in the top 10 like forever. Like they're just, no matter what the roster is, no matter whether they have Guardian, one of the most famous operas of all time, or whether they, they don't, like they just had incredibly memorable teams with incredibly amazing uh tenure but also performances and you know tournament wins and stuff and so name alone in a really odd way transfers over this game even though i have no idea who any of these players are i just sit there and think you know Navi will probably do well i don't know maybe they, like they share a coach over there or like i think they have like a i think they have <laughs> a, a youth team or something like that uh, over in counter-strike so maybe they get a couple players from that or whatever so you just think with a name like navi don't sleep on them that's what I would say don't sleep on them forever. Like maybe they right. t- switch some players or maybe they don't, or maybe this team's great, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, with that said and done, we're going into our first week of Valorant pro play. It's exciting. Um, so in terms of games that we're going to watch this weekend, hmm. we've got our NA games, which I have highlighted here to mccoy you. which you the listener cannot see <laughs> appreciate it though <laughs> um, but i guess so we have um c9 versus 100t uh viking or no v1 versus uh oh god nice Knights. Knights pk v1 holy crap Knights. yeah i know what PK, it's, it's Get stupid. Out of here. Um, sentinels versus energy guard versus luminosity envy versus rise accent versus eg so which game are you looking forward to watch for NA this weekend? Yeah, so C9
1: versus 100 Thieves, 100%. And I actually think C9 stands a really good chance to beat 100 Thieves here and come out looking strong. Because they Mm -hmm. haven't made any changes. 100 Thieves made a bunch of changes. 100 Thieves was already both strong and weak at the same time before all of this. I think that they will be strong hopefully. I really hope for them that they will be strong going forward. But C9 is already a put together team. They had to change nothing. They only had to improve. And because they know their identity so clearly, I feel like they're dangerous this season they're dangerous this season because they are just getting better and poised to be where they want to be um so i yeah exactly uh, and so
0: then yeah, yeah so yeah. that's that's how i feel i think the other one I, like yeah. so c9 versus hunter t for sure the other one i'm gonna look for is sentinels versus energy yeah. only because of how dominant energy looked in the bracket or wait was it exit
1: probably exit probably exit XS.
0: oh no but
1: <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> but
0: anyway i i I would be interested though to see Sentinels' first game especially after the long break that they've had. I'm interested to see what their um, you know what their outlook will look like, but also this is important for NRG because if they want to establish themselves as being, you know, taken seriously within this region from, from the open qualifier, then this is certainly the proving ground. Yeah. For them to you know, make a name for Sentinels themselves. are beatable. The question exciting. is, are
1: they beatable in NA? That's a very good question. Because these NA teams have not... We're not the ones to cause the cracks in Sentinels. Let's put it that way. NA teams is where they're comfortable. <laughs> so you'd like to think they just come out here and just start swinging again. So we'll see. We'll definitely see. It's a tall order for energy. Mm-hmm. But hey, man, this is what you're here to do. This would be a big win for them. And I exactly. think for that same reason... You could look at Envy versus Rise. I think we'll have to at some point be economical with our time, Um, but you know, Envy is the same thing. Like, right? Like we talked about how Sentinels and Envy have this storyline that's still yet to be written, really, Um, and it's a giant question mark between like, are they on the upswing or are they on the downswing? Like, that's how big the narrative swings for both these guys. So, great people to watch for opening games. Whereas Cloud Nine is clearly an upward trajectory, a little different.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's NA, and then EU. Uh, Or EMEA. I'm going to have to stop stop calling it EU. EU Fuck them. I say,
1: like, (laughs) it's EU. It's reasonable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, EMEA starts out with a banger, which I'm excited about, which is Gambit versus Team Liquid. Mm -hmm. I am very excited to see that, only because both of those teams showed up big and champions. Um, And I mean, it's just, it's the first match of the entire season, you know? I feel like. It's going to be a banger no matter what. Yeah. I've seen the players on Twitter. They're super yeah. hyped for this series. They're super motivated. I'm really excited to see what they'll pull out Hell for yeah. that.
1: And and Team Liquid, like, is such a strong team. But again, it's regional and everything. And just it's just all put together. You know, sorry, Team Liquid. Your counter is literally the league structure that just got put into place for this game. So you're in trouble. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you're a very strong player. So, like, let's see it. And they have been able to make it out of their, you know, region a bunch of times to get to these world tournaments and so you know what like this is awesome let's see them they've had a lot of time to practice exactly. strong players um but gambit's a fucking nightmare and i don't think i can get bet against gambit <laughs> ever maybe okay maybe if they do some moscow 5 shit and they start to like kind of choke in the in the group stages not the group stages the they still the rather league format not choke even but just actually just not try as hard because they're tournament players. You know what I mean? This is the first time we're getting into a league format and you could see all sorts of different results from all sorts of different teams because some people believe that you shouldn't actually peak as a team until the end of the split, but you see like a split is something that you have to succeed in enough throughout or else you don't get to just peak at the end um, if you don't get far enough. So it's just an interesting thing about how can you keep your level up, but also turn it to the next level. You know what I mean? Not be scoutable and have stuff to show when the big tournament comes around. So it's a different format for everyone. So we'll see uh, all the games and how how they, and all the teams and how they go. So Gambit, I I think is one you look for, like, can they be consistently strong in just all the games all the time? Probably, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It'll be a big question mark, but an exciting one nonetheless, but all right. I mean, any other games you want to shout out, McCoy? Well, okay.
1: So, you know, there's some other, obviously like teams that we care about and we've discussed, but like, I think that's a really solid opening. That's some really cool games to watch and from different regions. And personally, I'm just hell excited for it. Like this weekend can't come soon enough. Me of course too. it can because I have a lot of shit to work t- to do before then, but you know, like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So we can come quickly, but just not too quickly because, oh my God, this exactly. does <laughs> <line. laughs> <Like>, Just, just
1: <laughs> oh fast God. enough for me to get all my other shit done. But yeah, like, dude, this is fucking super exciting. And I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm ready, bro. I'm ready. It's been long enough. And um, there's so many meta questions and stuff, which we're obviously not going to go into now. But we're going to learn a lot about the game and see a lot about players and teams and how they're shaping up. And how could you not be excited for that?
0: Exactly. So with that said and done, we're going to sign off here. We're excited to talk next week about those matches. And yeah, until then, take care.
1: Yeah, take care.